Good morning. Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Jason Maletsky. And I'm Melanie Curtis. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections, to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. If you would like to connect with us, you can find us on the internet at trustthejourney.today. That will bring you directly to our website. It's also our handle on all of our social media feeds. If you want to reach out to us on Instagram, you can send us a direct message or comment on any of our posts. We're also on Facebook. And if you'd like to become part of our Trust the Journey family, you could join us on Patreon. And right now we're offering um, anybody who would like to join at all to be have some support during this um global pandemic that if you would like to be part of our family we welcome you to join us just go ahead and send us a message say hey i want to be part of the fam i need some support and we will hook you up and you can join our family where you'll find a group of loving and supportive individuals who just do nothing but support each other on whatever share or care they need at that time yeah it's really really good stuff we definitely invite you so yeah and we're gonna this episode continue talking about that experience so yeah let's dive into it the idea for this episode is to do another one because this is such a an unprecedented time we wanted to share more of the things that are coming up with us as the COVID-19 experience for us in the world develops and uh you know see where that goes and also get to share what we're doing to stay emotionally and mentally strong as much as we can yeah it's kind of hard not to talk about this right like there's really nothing else to talk about i think it's i think it's good to be in the conversation because it's affecting everyone and we're all doing our best to manage how it's affecting us and impacting us and our lives and the lives of those that we care about. So if we're going to, I feel like if we're going to support other people and ourselves and we, you know, do what we say, I feel like it's, it's the thing to talk about right now because of that impact, you know? So that's why I'm like, it seems just really legit to do another episode about this. And, uh, yeah, because so, the re- the reason I wanted to do it, and I'll sh- share why, is that the last time we did an episode, I was at a certain point in my trajectory of emotional experience. I was be- basically in the experience of I've already felt felt fear about my loved ones who are older, my parents, stuff like that, and I've r- sort of risen back up into an more empowered place and I felt more like more strong like yay I can lean into where I can be of value and of service I can lead online classes I can do that and yada 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 and then I had a couple of days so that I was continuing to read news and stuff like that and I had a couple of days one day where I felt really afraid so I had a day where I felt really scared And then I had the day after feeling really depressed. And so I've had those experiences before in other life experiences where I'll feel anxiety and I'll feel stress or I'll feel overwhelmed, whatever version of pressure, you know, whether it's fear, overwhelm, whatever. I mean, it's all, I think, fear and it's at its core, but then the next day of feeling really depleted with energy the next day and really feeling low not like hardcore depressed but definitely like i need to lay in bed i need to sleep way more than i normally would and having awareness of that experience of like this is what just happened to me and then immediately sort of going what can i do to take care of myself what do i need to immediately implement And so I basically immediately implemented less time on Facebook, which made a pretty much immediate positive impact on my emotional health and well-being. Um, I did other things too, but but that's the reason why, because I can imagine if I'm having this experience and I have a lot of skills 
I fucking live in the life coachy world and we talk every week and we have our trust the journey therapy sesh and like we have we are engaged in this work, you know, so for any, you know, but I'm not saying that that means I'm above or having any of the I'm just saying that even with lots of skills and, and awareness in the realm of emotional health and strength, I'm still struggling with with this stuff. I want to make sure that we're offering support to those who might have fewer skills or wanting to build skills or wanting to use this as an opportunity to, you know, help themselves too. Because I don't know, I basically I'm always a believer if I'm feeling something, someone else is probably feeling it too. You can pretty much count on that, especially yeah. in challenging times whenever there's a, a pressing topic that's, um, you know, a kind of across the board that everybody's got an awareness of that in some way it's going to impact everybody in every way possible. So we can pretty much expect that to be the case. Yeah. I've definitely been through a series of waves myself. You know, um, the last episode, we, we really talked a lot about um, kind of the overarching experience as a greater whole. And I think this time we're talking a little bit more personally and reflecting a little bit more on how it's affecting us. And I had a very challenging set of circumstances occur where, you know, in the weeks leading up to this kind of getting out of control, um, we were hosting a very large event with lots and lots of people from all over the world. And so we had a lot of exposure to people from 35 different countries all in one space together and including areas that were having high break, um, outbreak uh, outbreak rates. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then following that, a number of people who were in my working space together found themselves coming down with colds and getting, so there's this immediate, sense of urgency of like, oh, is this actually the virus? And then trying to do the research to find out more details because, you know, a month ago, uh, we just don't have the detail that we have now about, well, what are the symptoms and what are the risks and how do I get tested and should I go somewhere or should I just stay home and, and not having the, the clear direction about everything about how to handle it. And so, I guess kind of the reason why I'm going down this road is that everybody falls into this timeline at some point or another for themselves of like, where do I suddenly become abreast of the situation? And so for people in Italy or China where the outbreaks were really becoming more um, timely, relevant. Yeah. The severity was more earlier in the the global scene Right, that their awareness has been increasing more rapidly relative to ours, you know, and Mm -hmm. America's had this perception of being behind late to the game kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, you and I are very lucky to be very proactive people uh, as far as being finger on the pulse globally and information-based learners, people who are always like seeking information, like sponges for information all the time. Right. And, and totally willing to go out there, look for it and, and not, you know, if there's any topic, it's, it's to click away, you know, to get information on it, or at least to get some, a, a variety of opinions. So, um, you know, like I said, Cohen, picking up this ball, per se, personally? When did I personally pick up the ball? When did you pick up the ball? When did it start affecting us individually? Um, We all have our own timeline on that. And I've now been through this whole wave, like you're talking about where I got really sick. And I don't know if I had the regular flu, or I don't know if I got exposed to this virus. And I don't know if that when that happened. But it really took me down for a few weeks. And I had all the symptoms of, of, you know, as I learn more and more about it, and I spend time talking with my trusted professionals in the medical industry, I had all the symptoms of the illness. And mm-hmm. so I've been social distancing for quite a few weeks now. And yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting how it affects us. You know, yeah. we, we go through these, this whole series of emotional roller coasters, especially when yeah. it doesn't always go as you think it will, you know? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Understatement of the century (laughs) as 2020 begins. I've been seeing some really funny memes. I will say that. And that's sort of, I guess, you know, to share one of the things that I'm doing to help myself and others in the 
wake of the emotional wake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it is such an emotional wake, like it's waves, I think. And I've talked to enough friends who have experienced the up and the down and the whole trajectory like you're talking about, that it's that individual in our person, in our emotions experience seems to be very shared as well. So that's pretty curious and cool to me because that I say cool, meaning we can support each other because it feels more known. You know, it feels more known that, yeah, I had a friend text me last night. I shared with her that uh, about how I had those couple of hard days, but today was pretty solid, yada, yada. And she was like, yeah, that today, today is that's me today. So she was sort of in her depressed day. And however many days it takes doesn't necessarily matter. There's no equation or anything like that. It's more to say I knew how to better support her with more empathy and more gentleness because of what I had experienced. And so for those people who maybe don't have a person to talk to or or people who aren't necessarily in the empathetic space and you're feeling down and low – Hopefully us just sharing our experience helps you to know that you're not. So that's something. But the other thing I was going to share was I, after I came out of my depressed day, I sort of, and I cut back the Facebook and I immediately felt on the rise, um, immediately sort of, sort of getting re-empowered in things that I am working on and ways that I'm being of value, stuff like that finding the opportunities, all the things that we talk about regularly, I realize one of my go-to things is hilarity, is is laughs, having some laughs. And so I said, you know what? Fuck it. I am going to host an online social hour where we just tell jokes and funny stories. Like there's no other purpose to it than that because we need some of that like i mean we for me i feel like that's a piece of bringing positive energy and healthy energy into my circle and my self um so that feels really good to me i'm excited about it and not every moment can i laugh at the funny memes but sometimes i can and it helps you know what I mean? Sometimes when I see them and if I'm not in the right space, I don't, it's not funny. Other times when I see them, it really helps. You know what I mean? So it's really just, it's not an exact science, right? Like this hour tomorrow might not help people, but I think it, I think it will. And so I'm willing to give it a try. You know what I mean? You're, you're definitely on point with using humor as one of our escapes from uh, whatever place in our mind we are into another place in our mind, because it's all inside of our mind, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're having our own internal emotional experience, right? And <coughs> excuse me, um, one of the things that w that's challenging for us to remember is that it's just an internal experience. And we do have the ability to divert that path like we can change the heading that we're on by making a good conscious decision to to veer in another direction or to adjust our course yeah you know and we can interject with any type of other emotion that we want to throw in there if we're conscious enough to be able to do that it's not always easy right like it's yeah sometimes we completely lose ourselves inside of that emotional experience and the next thing you know you know, you're just, you're in the water swimming and you forget that you could be in a boat if you just decided to be in a boat, you know, <laughs> mentally, you know, yeah. it's, it's however we choose to approach it. So I think that's a beautiful thing to do. Um, I know I definitely lean on humor in the darkest times or in the most challenging times, um, in the hours where I've decided to put myself under hive, uh, physical or mental duress, you know, like climbing mountains or hiking long distances or being in severe um, cold environments or, you know, when the challenges are really high, humor is a big one. You know, it's like, yay. 
Yeah, you throw yeah. Me. Yeah. And you can't always go there. It's not always the right time for someone to be in, uh, you know, to to go there as a useful tool. You know what I mean? It's sometimes it's, it's the opposite. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it's just I think consciousness because just like anything else, you know, we people can use humor, and I just say humor specifically, but it could be any tool. They could we can overuse anything. You know, we can unconsciously go and have that be an avoidant tool to feel what we're feeling. Another thing that I think is important to mention is the grieving part, you know, and to really recognize that part of the emotional turmoil, that there's so much that has changed and that it's normal to feel all kinds of things. And again, I know we said this last time, but I just to reiterate that. So depending on where you are, humor might be a good thing to implement. Depending on if you're in another state, something else might be good to implement. Like another thing that I'm doing, because I'm off of Facebook, I mean, I'm not off of Facebook, but I'm not spending a gratuitous amount of time on Facebook. You're saying that normally you spend a gratuitous amount of time on Facebook. Comparatively to what I am doing now, absolutely. And I can own it. It's not awesome. It's totally not awesome. And uh, I am grateful, actually, for this as a check of that, you know, because you can see it sort of growing. And I can always justify that it's helping my work or I'm being of service because I only engage on Facebook in certain ways when life is, quote, normal. What I notice, though is that I kept reading all these things and those I needed to and wanted to protect my energy. And I've talked about this before on the show, but this is a very real skill and a real intentional action that I take regularly in life, pandemic or not, when I that I protect my energy and I protect my mind. It's just like if I notice there's a toxic negative force in my life, I separate myself from that force so facebook became increasingly toxic with news and other other things that was something i had not really significantly noticed before because of how i have boundaries around how i engage on facebook does that make sense so normally i'm i'm in a pretty positive zone i'm helping people with comments i'm sharing funny things i'm sharing useful things yada yada but this was different because I was starting to sort of use it as a information source, which I think was the reason it made me feel so bad. So anyway. I think that where, was a very valuable share. I really appreciate you doing that, Melanie. Yeah, thanks. Of course. I'm I'm totally I'm I'm all about it. I know that being real helps everybody, including myself. So but the other thing I wanted to share is that because I removed myself in a significant way from Facebook where I'm just now sharing things and then getting off, um, I went back to my blog. Like, I'm a writer. I'm a fucking writer, man. And I love that modality of communication and connection is really healing for me. It has been for many years. And so what I did was I basically just invited people if they wanted to stay connected to me, which they could, you know, you can or you don't need to. It's all good to just sign up for my email list, you know, like all good, but I'm going to be writing more from my blog and I've already written more and it's notable the positive impact on me because I don't feel stressed about, oh, I have to write some thing that's achieving some outcome. It's always to add value. So that's the outcome that I'm I'm going for. It's never to seek you know what I mean? It's always to add value. So as long as it feels like that, then cool, because that's what gives me good energy too. But it's also, like you said, being real. It's also sharing what's really going on, but with the intent of helping others feel supported. And so anyway, that's really helping me right now as well. Thank you. You're welcome. I've seen an interesting thing happening with... Um, uh, group of my friends particularly the musicians and djs people have all this time so they're now at home and they're playing music to solace themselves you know yeah. um, just like humor you know music's yep. another very powerful way to uh, engage ourselves emotionally in a sense where it 
it's distracting in a very powerfully positive way and it can be emotionally expressive in a positive way whether we're expressing whatever emotion needs to be expressed or or a variety of them being expressed through any musical experience and it's been really nice to see so many people lean to these powerful tools that we have in our skill sets in our toolboxes of emotional um, expression Um, whether you know that includes uh, retracting being less involved it includes engaging being more involved it includes leaning to things like humor it includes leaning to things like music to writing to creating videos to communicating connecting with people um to going inside and maybe journaling or spending just less time communicating overall to being more emotionally available to ourselves and meditating i know there's a lot of people meditating a lot more than they ever have before for for (laughs) dang sure both our hands went up by the way for those not watching the youtube video and everybody that i know that meditates at all is like oh yeah, yeah i'm meditating every day you know, like for sure, like putting Every some day. time into being quiet and calm and thinking about how we're feeling and listening to our own thoughts and all those things. So I just kind of wanted to go down that list a little bit and remind everybody that we've got all these things that we can do. Um, and then there's the other side of things too, you know, like being physically active, leaning to work at working out and engaging ourselves. And I know a lot of people doing that too. I've been on that bus as well. Nice. Um, as it I've allows. been slow to join. I've been walking. I've been struggling. I've been walking because because um, I was sick. I was been really challenged to yeah. be physically strong enough to actually get a heart rate pounding again and not feel bad because of it. You know. Yeah. So I danced a little bit while doing a puzzle yesterday. You danced while doing a puzzle. <laughs> I was like, "Where's my next piece? Where's my next piece?" <laughs> Melanie is the only person I know in the whole planet who dances while puzzling. <laughs> Keeping this it real, is homie. Effective way to find the spot for my next spot. I'll dance a little. The energy's flowing through me. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So um, this uh, Saturday, there's a worldwide meditation going on. Awesome. Yeah. All, what time? Um, it is at 10:30 p.m. Eastern time. Amazing. 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday, um, March the 28th. No, that's incorrect. I'm incorrect. Sorry. The date is April 4th. It's next Saturday. April 4th. Yeah, April the 4th at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And I will share a link on all of our feeds about that. And that's uh, everybody meditating for the planet and for the wellness of each other. And a global connective energy of people just taking a time to like, let's all connect. Yeah. I did a two minute of that the other day. It was, yeah, like a two minute prayer at a certain time. I don't yeah. know who did it. I don't know who Sarah, my roommate, shared it with me. And I said, that's awesome. I'm doing that 100%. Um, that, I mean, just that concept there, I mean, we've talked about humor, we've talked about music, we've talked about all these other emotional engagement, ways that we can take care of ourselves and our spiritual self, you know, if we're going to talk about a prayer as an idea, and you know, we could be non-secular here, right? Like, right. It doesn't matter definitely who we pray to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter who we pray to. We all pray mm-hmm. to some part of ourselves. Yeah. Right? We're, we're like, we're reaching inside and going, some part of me needs to reach out to some part of something, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's great. Do that. Do that. Go inside, take a minute and go, what part of me would like to ask for help? And how can I ask myself to, to be, to have help in this situation? Because you know what? Asking for help is, is in a lot of ways it's surrendering and it's surrendering to being okay, to being in need Yeah. and being okay with being in need allows us to actually receive where we can receive and it, it first we have to be willing to say yeah i need something to need help in some way and we all know how hard it is to say i need help yeah you know so that simple act of a prayer or a meditation or uh an expression of gratitude they all fall in the same category for me of saying yeah i could really use a little bit of something right now so thank you for giving this moment for something you know? yeah i 
also keep thinking about people who are, who are having life experiences in this that I am not having, like people with kids who are suddenly thrown into being teachers and being home, homeschooling their kids. And I am like imagining the challenge of that radical change. You know what I mean? Having such compassion for how that must be for people. It must be wonderful in a lot of ways and so challenging in, so, in others. Um, like seeing memes where uh, I think it said something like, and it's not a funny meme, but just like a, you know, quote, picture, whatever, where it said, you just keep them alive, <laughs> you know? And that I think is so relevant because everybody has such, I would guess, has such less bandwidth. Like we are not no able to be as productive as we are normally, quote unquote. So like w there is just so much more going on that we – I, I like want to consistently keep reminding myself and others that we're talking about all this stuff to take care of ourselves. And that could hit some people as like, I don't have fucking time for that. I got, I got, I'm in survival mode. I don't know where, where my next paycheck's coming from. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm maybe under major financial duress. Like how, that's the other sort of section of society that I keep thinking about a lot is are people who have lost their entire income they have lost their jobs and now they're wondering what's going to happen with their livelihood and and ability to pay for their lives and needs um and so i want to have i just want to share i just want to speak compassionately to that experience that i can't actually understand deeply fully myself because i'm not in it but empathetically I, f I put myself over there in those shoes and, and I try to imagine the challenge that that experience is, having financial troubles earlier in my life, like those types of experience going, that was really intensely stressful. And when we are in and having kids home all day and needing to then be in charge of their education and well-being at all hours of the day when we're used to working at a job in some other place or used to having the house entirely empty you know those experiences the bandwidth has got to be less for what you normally do and even i experience it having my home life relatively the same my days in my house are relatively the same it's it is different that i'm not going to new york city and i'm not going out obviously or doing anything like that i'm not seeing people but my the way I function in the actual home is not too changed. Anyway, I just want to say that because I'm I'm imagining some of our listeners are experiencing that. And I just, I'm with you and we love you and watch the bandwidth and be gentle with yourself too. I can definitely relate to what you're saying there. I have a lot of my, my day to day really isn't changing very much. Uh, for the most part, because I do work from home most of the time. This view that you're seeing through your screen right now, if you're watching on the YouTube, this is where I spend most of my time as far as my days in the office is right at my desk here. And I do a lot of conference calling. I do a lot of working with other people remotely, um, developing the business. And one of my coworkers has her daughter at home now and she's in the background she's working from home and she's like oh my god i'm so glad i have a teacher every day to take care of her because i love her but i just don't know i don't have she exactly the bandwidth the time the the pre-planned structure of how yeah. to fill all that space and time with something that's going to feed emotionally and mentally the child's development and you know <clears throat> carry them along on their journey to, you know to adulthood so it's definitely a huge one and um i'm sure that you know everybody in some way is feeling the 
the financial fears Correct. that are coming along, right? Because sure. it doesn't matter what sector of society you're in. Yes. Except perhaps the 1% that everybody has a relationship to like, oh, is this going to be a global recession? Is there going to be some kind of great big economic downturn? How is this going to affect everybody's well-being? And it's pretty scary for sure. You know, I'll personally relate a little bit. I spent a good portion of my life living, I mean, paycheck to paycheck is kind of a joke to say <laughs> because, because there wasn't even a paycheck. It was like, I didn't always have to have a job. A lot of the time I lived as freelancing, picking up work here and there, doing video jumps or coaching jumps or any way that I could earn a dollar. And if the weather was bad for three weeks, then there was no income for three weeks. So I got used to living with very, very little means, right. which also meant that I had very, very little overhead. Mm -hmm. So the challenge is, for me, when I see my, my lifestyle change now compared to how it was then is, you know, when I lived at $10,000 a year of income, then I had little to no overhead. I sort of lived in a van, you know, and I didn't have anything, any bills to pay because I made sure that I didn't have any bills to pay because I didn't have any money to pay them. Um, but yeah. if we're living in a structure where we've set ourselves up with a high overhead and we suddenly find that our income or revenue suddenly depletes, now we have the situation that we, we, that's going to be very stressful and very concerning because it's going to mean a, a change of lifestyle and we're, or we're not going to be able to sustain the lifestyle that we're currently living. And that's scary. You know, it's scary when you don't know what's coming or what does the change ahead look like. And I'm sure we can all relate to that in some way or another, whether it's the unknown, um, I guess this is the bigger topic that's been kind of stewing for me. And I'll just go down this road a little bit. Like, I don't really know where it's going, but I'm just going to walk it. Yeah, yeah. That's sure. life, right? That's that's what we do here. Yeah. And <laughs> well, this is kind of the whole point is that I don't know where the road's going. I'm on it. I'm going. I can't turn around and go backwards, as we know in life. It doesn't matter how many times I've tried to go back down the road I was on. It's not, it doesn't lead to the same place I was, right? The road we're on is one that's only got one direction and we can take forks in the road, you know, and pick new directions, but we still don't know what's down the other end of that other fork. It's this continually, um, infinite horizon ahead of us, you know, where we just don't know what's on the horizon. But a lot of the time we can make it feel a lot more comfortable for ourselves when we make decisions about what's on the road or how life on the road is going to be. So really, I guess what I'm wrapping my mind around here is the idea that we never really know anything about what's a hip ahead, but sometimes we lead ourselves to believe that we know a lot more or we're a lot more comfortable with not knowing because the surroundings or the weather or the situation that we're in at the time, that's fairly pleasant. So it doesn't really stress us out. But if we're on another stretch of road where the going's a little more tough or the weather's a little more rough, it's a little more worrisome about when we're going to get a reprieve. When is things going to be easier again? Or, you know, how challenging is it going to get? Is the road going to continue to, to, to degrade? And is it going to get harder and harder to the point where it's impassable? Is this going to be a dead end road? Is this going to be the road that I just don't survive on? You know, am I going to not make it? You know, and all these mm -hmm. questions start to come up. We start doubting ourselves. And there's this interesting dichotomy of it's good to doubt ourselves sometimes to ask, make ourselves ask questions about why we're making the the choices we're making like why do i have all this overhead should i be carrying us all this overhead is this smart mm -hmm. is it smart to have all this baggage with me on this journey <laughs> you know should i be running a little lighter and leaner so that things are easier to carry mm -hmm. there's less stress and you know, like th there's all these questions that come along so the whole questioning ourselves and having a look inward i really think that's kind of the big thing that's happening in the global scheme is we're still in the same situation. We still don't know anything. Well, I never knew anything in the first place, mm -hmm. but I'm being forced to look at myself and I'm being forced to look at how I'm 
acting or interacting. I'm being forced to look at how I'm feeling, whether I like how I'm feeling or not. I'm being, I mean, there's a, there's different forms of meditation where you're being self-observant, right? And when you observe yourself, you start to see all the things that you're feeling, uh, the way that you're responding, the way that you're unconsciously acting, all these different elements. And I feel like as a whole, that's the big thing that's really taking place right now is there's this welling of like, whoa, what are we doing? And how are we acting? And how do I feel about it? And I don't really like it. No, 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 we're good. Let's go this way. And there's all this back and forth. Um, But in the end, anytime that we're doing a self-assessment, like taking stock of ourselves, it's always a good thing. Yeah. It's always a good thing. Like Mm -hmm. when have we, if just, as a listener right now, and you and I, Melanie. Yeah, yeah. At what point in our life when we've been forced to take stock of our circumstance and kind of go, wait a second, where am I? What am I doing? And where am I going? And why? When has that ever been bad? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Usually, if it's not a practice, deliberately, consciously, it is forced upon us through experiences yeah definitely yeah for sure i i think everything that you said is on point one of the things i wrote again this is going back to my writing i wrote about the illusion of control and how this idea this illusion is has is basically being ripped from our minds you know like that we're we're collectively having an experience where the illusion of control has been ripped from our minds. So it's a traumatic experience. It's traumatic mental and emotional experience, which is totally normal. Not saying that. Having something ripped out of your mind is going to be traumatic. Yeah. Like, I mean, gosh, we could talk about our, you know, the the psychedelic ceremonies and the deep healing. Like those are theoretically traumatic experiences, but they're traumatic in a very positive healing way. They're intense in a healing, healing, deeply healing way. I was thinking about Um, heartbreak myself. Heartbreak is another one. Totally. Well, and that's where I was going is this is an opportunity for us to look at where we are attached, where we are attached to things not changing. Like I would love for things to continue And this is just a very simple example. There's plenty of global things that I would say, but this is a more digestible example of this, is that I would love to stay in this this house. I really like where we live. I like my, our apartment. I like where it's located in the town. I like the physical inside of the home. I like where I live now, right? But that's a, that's an expense. Right. So if something financially comes down the the pike that puts me in a situation where I need to reduce my overhead, I would I I have to acknowledge if I project forward and imagine right the over pieces of overhead there that are in my life, I think I would be super bummed about that, (laughs) you know. So that's why I'm like, okay, practice now being okay with even that outcome, right? Go back to the skills of Jay living in a van, of Mel with a backpack on the world tour, and and recognize you are capable of handling whatever might come your way, and you're capable of handling and navigating things you don't like. So I keep going back to that as a baseline as well, being like, I, I don't like this, obviously. Like, I don't like this. This sucks. You know what I mean? (laughs) In the immediacy of the experience, but as the universal value, which I deeply believe in, right? Just because a heartbreak, you know, taking it away from the COVID-19 stuff, but going to the heartbreak example, how many of us have had heartbreaks that we thought our lives were fucking over? We were like illusion of security ripped from our minds things changed in an instant and we were forced on a different road that was completely insecure and completely unknown, right? Most of us have had that experience and it's a really, really good and beautiful parallel to this when we talk about those overreaching concepts of really going, oh, wait, I don't have control. Okay, cool. What do I have control over? My my own integrity. I have control over taking opportunities where they come my way, even if I don't like them, 
you know that your, that's big. your attitude and your breath how you decide to feel about something and how i choose to control my physical response to it by putting my breathing in it's really powerful I, you know the whole heart rate thing for me is like i'm such an emotional being and i can't tell you how many times i've been just like head over heels thinking that my <laughs> whole it. life my whole life <laughs> is completely dependent upon that integrated relationship that i'm in you know with this particular person and <clears throat> when it, when it all comes crumbling down and that gets like torn away and you're like ah who am i <laughs> who am i and how can i go on how can i possibly live how can i love myself i'll never go i'll never love another person you know all these things including myself you know oh, oh my gosh. we are funny beings aren't it's, we it's amazing and like we are we are funny beings. we're born as kids and we don't have this like connection to some person at that time and our lives are pretty dang good for the most part even however <laughs> challenging they are and at some point we find somebody and like oh you're nice i like you and then we make our whole life about them in whatever way when we lose them we're like ah, i'm nothing now you know we're on drugs it's like totally. the drug of of connection yeah pheromones Give me watching some. yeah watching for those attachments is really i think a really smart healthy move right now more than ever because if we have little bandwidth, if we're if we're attached to certain things not changing, it behooves us to really look for all of those spots. And I'm not saying everything's going to change. Maybe nothing will change when you do an inventory of your attachments. It's more to say to mentally prep yourself that you could handle quote unquote losing right, which I think is the wrong word, but you could handle changes in those areas as well. Not that you would ever choose it. So this is not like to say it's gonna happen. It's more that if we don't check those attachments, then we set ourselves up for having f more fear, which will make us less equipped to handle our life and make quality decisions when the shit might really be necessary or really important to make a high quality decision. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's tough. It's I'm not suggesting any of this is easy. It's easy to talk about it with Jay on the podcast, you know? So just to also acknowledge Thanks. that when we're in it, it's it feels really hard. It feels really hard. You know, I've been going through a wave of emotions myself. Um, I'm pretty lucky that I have a project list that's, I feel like when I look at my project list, like I'm never going to get all my projects done in my life. <laughs> I have so many <laughs> things that I'm working on. It's ridiculous. And I have projects like, okay, if I were to go and start working on that one particular motorcycle in the garage, I could work on that thing for years before it's going to be done. So it's not like I don't have things to keep me busy, but at the same time, we each have this same thing going on where I've got this, uh, I've got enough things to keep me busy. I could easily fill my time, but there's the fears that keep bubbling to the surface, right? There's the fear of like, oh, when am I going to get to see my friends again? Or when am I going to get to go do the what I love to do? Or when am I going to um, feel less afraid? You know, because I think that's the big one. That's yeah. probably the one where I'm like, I went to the grocery store yesterday to pick up some things and I noted that it was different than the times that I'd been to the grocery store before. And I feel like that's there's these weird hubs right now in our society of where we're connecting with people and the grocery stores and the, uh, the gas stations and the kind of like the critical services, the healthcare places. I can't even imagine what it's like in a hospital right now. Me either. I, I haven't been in one and I, I don't really want to go to one. Me either. Um, so thank you to all of our healthcare workers yes. out there who are, and all of our people out there who are doing their jobs, yes. who have critical services, you know, that have to be happening all the time. Thank yep. you so much. Exactly. Thank you. Um, yes. So, and I'll, I'll throw one more out there because this one was brought up to me uh, the other day. Thank you to the people who clean the rooms 
everywhere to all the cleaners and yeah. janitors. Yeah, this is one man. that was brought up in conversation to all the people who actually do the dirty work and who get little to no acknowledgement for the work that they do. That's really like the high risk environment of like cleaning out the trash cans and putting new sheets on beds and wiping down and sanitizing surfaces and everything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So, thank you. So I was at the grocery store and it's no longer, so things are a little slow here in the South to kind of pick up on stuff sometimes, I'll just say. It's a little slow. Mm -hmm. The South mm -hmm. is known for that. Mm -hmm. And so last week in going to the grocery store, there really wasn't too big of a thing. You know, I'm like, I feel like I'm the only one there that's like really paying any attention. People are just going about their business. Maybe they're wiping the hand cart a little bit, the, the buggy or the cart handle a little more than usual but really things haven't changed that much except there's no toilet paper on the shelf and the last couple of times it's changed quite a bit i noticed that they installed a bunch of gates at the front of the walmart store where they have like control for how many people are going in and out wow. and then um the spacing this keeping six feet of distance between people that was a really weird experience yeah to so I've always been the kind of person who really appreciates having my own space. I don't like it when people just invade my personal space without any awareness that they're doing so. Mm -hmm. It's something I've always been very aware of. And I find that a lot of people are not always as aware as I might be. And that's personal decision about how mm -hmm. whether you like to be that close to people you know or don't know, you know. I do. Yeah. Um, people that I know, I invite them into my space. I love snuggling. I'm super affectionate and super cuddly. I love to be really close with people and be all touchy-feely. Yeah. Um, but people I don't know who randomly bump into me while I'm waiting in line to board an airplane, I'm just like, <laughs> crawling into my space, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm very protective of my physical space and self. Uh, unless it is with people I love and trust, in which case I'm very physically affectionate as well. But yeah, I, if you're not allowed to touch me, you're not allowed to touch me. Like I'm very, I'm legit with that. <laughs> so I feel like this is the first time ever I've been in general society and almost everybody, almost everybody is aware of what it means to be inside of somebody else's space. Right. For the first time ever. And it's super weird because we're moving around like as people move around, they move around with a bubble of this yep. like six feet in all directions. So as you move towards somebody, you veer and it's kind of this, it's uh, like an, um, uh, an opposing force. Yeah, it's immediately super strange. Like, and it's, yep. it's, it's challenging emotionally to feel mm -hmm. threatened by absolutely everybody around. And I've, exactly. never, I've never felt that before. Um, I guess it, in some ways I've felt threat, but not on this scale of like, I'm a white guy. I'm a man. First mm -hmm. of all, I'm a man. I'm physically strong and I'm white. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not the kind of person who f is easily threatened because right. in society I've been given a, a, an ace of clubs, you know, Ugh. like I got a, I got a good card in this life. So I understand that when I walk down the road with somebody who's smaller or who's female, that they feel more easily threatened by somebody walking the other direction who might be more like me or of another color or a more threatening demeanor. You know, if you fit a social profile that, you know, has a stigma connected to it, you know, uh, then that threat is more relevant in the day to day. But now anybody of any shape, size at all, it has an equal amount of risk presented. So it can be a tall person, a short person, an old person, a young person, middle age, anybody at all. And it's actually, I feel like the greatest risk is the person who's the least informed. Like the, mm. the one who's the least aware of themselves is the one who's the greatest risk because they're mm -hmm. the most likely to be acting in a way that's inconsiderate or in disrespectful to the health and well-being of the others around them. Right. Right. I mean, or of course, people who go down uh, fear paths that are connected to race, right? Like hearing about people oh, yeah. who are treating Asian Americans 
in a really horrible ways. Like, goodness, please, you know, good Lord. Yes, educate yourselves, everyone. But, but yeah, that's a fascinating uh, win for you as a white man. I mean, seriously, that's pretty, pretty, I didn't think of that, but that is interesting to hear about. And I wonder, I wonder what other men are feeling. You know, I wonder if other men are feeling similarly or reflecting similarly about that, that classic privilege, you know, that classic white male privilege, you know what I mean? It's definitely a place of vulnerability that I haven't felt before as far as just general risk from any individual at all. You yeah. Know? Oh, I love that. I say I love that we've shared that just into the into the space so people can take that and reflect. We don't have a lot of time left. Um, so I wanted to go back to something else that you said uh, the, about the projects. You were doing a bunch of different projects. And uh, I'm similar. I've, I don't feel like I'm lacking for things to do. I, I have always 8 million things to do as well. And what I was recognizing for myself was that because my bandwidth is not the same and I have less and I'm using some of my bandwidth to manage fear and anxiety and and doing self-care things that take time and energy and also replenish energy so that's good but i basically was like i want and i think would benefit from a more singular focus where my projects are concerned so it's like i'm doing my work in this but the the like oh i could use this time as a positive opportunity to get something done not that this necessarily will work for everybody and i'm still in the exploration of whether this is even working for me but that singularity of focus i think is helping where i'm like i'm not even allowed to think about 18 other projects this is the project i'm working on and i'm that's it that's what gets my extra quote unquote, extra bandwidth outside of self-care, personal health, right? Connecting with family and doing my work, my my actual work. And so that, anyway, I just wanted to share that because I feel like that's been helping me make more progress, which is a positive uptick of energy for me versus feeling like I'm spread thin where I would maybe normally be able to make more progress on multiple fronts, whereas now, it's I want to I'm going to take it to one spot so I can really see the progress and also get the benefit energetically from seeing that progress. So anyway, I'm experimenting with that as well. I would um, say that I'm pretty much mirroring that. I've got a list of projects. I probably have three that are all equally valuable to me right now, and I've chosen to push one of them to the foreground and pull the other two back, not even like leave them where they were, but pull them back further behind in order to push the one thing that I really want to get done and do well to the foreground and be like, I'm gonna work on this and I'm gonna work on this diligently until it's really, really done and I'm happy with it and I know that I've done a good job. Yeah, And that feels really good, yeah. actually. I, I, I love building stuff, making things, creating, whether, you know, in all different aspects, you know, working with I, my hands, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I just, the reason I jumped, sorry, I jumped in. I, one of the reason I just want to, I want to thank you because the project that I'm working on, and you don't need to share your stuff, I, I want to share because it's relative to you. Is it, I'm recording my audiobook. I think I've already shared that. But the only reason I'm able to do that is because you taught me how to do audio. <laughs> and you helped us get high quality equipment, right? And so I'm just really thankful for that because now I get to do that project that I'm excited to do and is helping me feel productive and and I'm excited about it. And it I also feel empowered that it's gonna be really well done only because of those things you helped me figure out ahead of ahead of this time. So thank you, my friend. You're welcome. That's <laughs> my pleasure. Yay. 
Any other thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think I'll just touch on one more topic really quickly. I'm going to mention Harry Parker, which yeah. one of our oh. members in our family, the Trust Love Journey you, family. Harry. Yeah, he's such a good human. And I still appreciate um, his shares in our group um, because he always does it just so deeply and honestly and just a stream of consciousness and out it comes. Mm-hmm. And I've done, been very fortunate to know Harry for a very long time. Um, I think I might have mentioned that he's going to be in my book for sure because we've had some wonderful adventures together. And um, he touched on the topic of the, the junk drawer, the, the concept that came up last week in our last episode about when do we ever have time to clean our physical junk drawer never mind our metaphorical or emotional or spiritual, you know, personal junk drawer of like who I am and what I'm doing. And what came up in conversation earlier about reflecting and taking stock and kind of going, oh, who am I? Where am I? What am I doing? What does my life look like? What are my responsibilities? What do I really want? What do I need? What do I have to do? What can I let go of? All these kind of like that metaphorical self-examination, that's kind of what I was talking about with the junk drawer analogy in the sense that like when we actually have the time to do a puzzle or yep. to work on a project to like deep clean, you know, then it's very rare. I feel like in the modern world and the life that we live in Western society, at least that we just have the time to just think about stuff and be home and take a break. And so if there's anything that I can share with regard to this topic is it's the junk drawer is not an easy job because it's a mess, right? It's a mess. And you, there's a few ways of going about it. Like you can either start like picking pieces and like start to sort things out or like okay this is obviously garbage or this can obviously go and like and how just I'm speaking metaphorically here right like you can pick and choose your way through it or you can take the whole thing and you can turn it upside down and you could dump it out <laughs> right. right and you can just have that whole mess and then you can just start filing stuff in the trash and just keeping the essentials out of it like pluck just the essentials there's all different ways of doing it and we all know the different ways of doing it like we've each been on that journey at some point or another in our lives multiple times. It's not been once. It's not been twice. Like it's multiple times in our life at the different phases that we go through in our development where we say, oh, yeah, actually, I have to do a total stock a, a, you know, inventory of myself and see where I am and what's going on and what I really care about. What do I need to keep? What's important to me? And if I have to move forward without all this stuff, what do I want to take? You know, yeah. it's like moving, right? When do you junk the, dump the junk drawer out is when you move, right? Yeah. And I, th- I think that's what's happening in a lot of our lives right now is emotionally we're being forced to move mm-hmm. into to another phase of self-awareness, yeah. right? Uh, so I love that for humanity. I actually really love that for humanity. Mm. I still have really deep hope and trust that this is really good for us, even though it's painful. Well, I know it is. Yeah, Yeah. even though it's painful. And I mean, on that note, guys, be gentle with yourselves. Celebrate wins big and small i was joking about haha i put on jeans yesterday you know but like i put on jeans yesterday (laughs) you know like that was a a thing i was happy about that and we can get into those small practices too so the big stuff the small stuff it all makes a difference and a positive impact on how we feel and how we are able to be capable during this time so yeah any final thoughts? There's so much more we could always say, but we love, love. you. Love, yes, love. Jay's holding up a love. I don't know what it is, but it looks like a it's just shiny little hologram shiny, of love. Shiny little hologram of love. Yeah, and like we said, you guys, 
please join us in the Trust the Journey family if that kind of connection will help you. It's basically conversations like we have here on the podcast, just with the expanded family. So drop us a line, DM us on Instagram at trustthejourney.today. And yeah, we'll add you and we love you and all of the things. Any final thoughts, my friend? Um, Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Big thank you to you, Melanie, for always, you know, being the other side of this. And to everybody who's listening, a huge thank you. Uh, I can't say enough of how reciprocal this experience is. I mean, oftentimes it feels quite isolated between Melanie and I because we see each other's face. We are the ones that converse. But then there's this wave of messages and shares and thank yous and oh I listen to your show and people reaching out from the other side of the planet to say oh yeah I heard that episode it really helped me and you know it means so much to both of us to receive that feedback and to also know that the work that we do here is helping to affect things in a positive way because that's really all we care about is that somebody's getting some value out of the conversation that we're having yeah 100% and the Again, every week we say it, but we really do mean it. Keep laughing, keep Keep loving, and keep trusting the journey journey. now more than ever. And we love you so much. Love you.